0: You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. Emmanuel. Matthew chapter 1 verses 22 through 23. Matthew chapter 1 verses 22 to 23 is the scripture that we're going to base this topic off of. And she, being Mary, will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, the prophet being Isaiah, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us." And I want to talk about the importance of the name of Emmanuel. That the prophecy in the name of the one to come could have been anything. God speaking to the prophet Isaiah, telling him that he will call his name Emmanuel. He could have chosen anything. You will call his name the destroyer. You will call his name the king. You will call his name the conqueror. You will call his name the weak, the feeble. That he could have encouraged the prophet to prophesy about what his son would be called. And God chose and God decided and was okay with the name Emmanuel. This is translated as the Bible says. Shows us in the Scriptures in verse 23 so that there's no confusion in case down the line in the years of translation as words change and as meanings change that we might find out in 2021, 2050, 2200 down the road that Emmanuel means something different but the word does not change. It stays the same just like Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. And and God says when I called him Emmanuel how it is translated is God with us. This is translated, as the Bible says, so that there's no confusion on the intent, the purpose, and the heart of God sending His Son. That He was not sending His Son to conquer us, to destroy us. He sent His Son to be with us. God with us. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. Another Prophetic word that the prophet Isaiah received in regards to christ 's coming for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Now, I want you to know right there that he 's not talking about the American government this is not this is not the uh, the current situation that we 're in, but also at the same time to know. That there is a government and that Jesus is the head of it. And that we are a part of that. It is a theocracy. It is God in charge, God on the throne, His Son seated at the right hand. Jesus making the earth His footstool, His name being higher than anything above earth, below earth, in the earth, wherever. That we serve a God who has created a kingdom... That we are a part of with a new covenant. And that government is upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful. His name will be called Counselor. His name will be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. In high school throughout history, you have seen that governments come and go even in the bible we see that the israelites had kings that were good that were bad that were overthrown that were destroyed when jesus shows up on the earth the romans have taken them over and god says of the increase of his government in peace there will be no end isn't it amazing to think about of the increase of the government and peace. Those two things going hand in hand together. Government and peace. And that there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. To order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. His name will be called Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What do you need Him to be in your life today? I could always use an extra dose of wonderful. As we come around Christmas time, I take for granted, and we as we get older take for granted the joy of a Christmas tree. As my one-year-old girl, right where our tree is, there's a little lip of the windowsill that she goes and just sits at and stares at at this massive object that is way taller than her that has these bright lights and ornaments that she wants to tear off and break that she has these presents that she wants to rip the paper off of and eat that we could all, even at our age whatever age you are experience some wonder again To be wowed again by the majesty of our Father, our Counselor, our Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And we might, we've come through Thanksgiving and we've seen our family and boy are we excited. Or maybe you're dreading that you get to see your family again in a week or two. Maybe you don't have a father or mother They've passed on. Maybe you have a father or mother, but you don't know where they're at. Or they have nothing to do with you. But we have an everlasting father who is with us, Emmanuel. Who made the statement that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And the prince of peace. That Emmanuel means God with us. It's translated God with us. It's not translated God against us. God's mad at us, God hates us, but God with us. Which means He's right here, side by side, going through the journeys, going through the ups and downs, the mountains and the valleys. He's with us. He's not ahead of us, trying to run away from us. He's not behind us. He's not hiding in the bushes of life, making fun of us. It says that God is with us. So, what are the perks of God being with us? One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Psalms one eighteen six. It says that the Lord is on my side, and because the Lord is on my side, the next statement is true: I will not fear. And because I will not fear, the next statement is true. What can man do to me? That God is with us. And the writer of this Psalms in Psalms 118 says that the Lord is on my side to encourage you today and let you know that God is on your side today. He is pro you. If there is a football game and God is the cheerleader... He is on the home team of you, and he's cheering you on as you're going through life. He's on your side. If you have said yes to his son, if you are part of the family, he's on your side. And if he's on your side, then a benefit of him being on your side is that you don't have to fear. Because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But what has God given us? Power and love and love and a sound mind. Now think about fear when you're in your house, when you're in your room, when you're sleeping, and you hear that noise that you don't normally hear, that little gut reaction inside of you. And then your mind starts wandering. Who is it? How'd they get in the house? Do they have a weapon? Why isn't my dog barking? He should be a better watchdog. See, attacking my kids, I will not fear, means that you have those things that God gave you. Power, love, and a sound mind. That I don't let my mind wander and go off to the deepest, darkest, dirtiest places when it comes to fear. I have a sound mind. We talked for the last three weeks that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we saw that the word joy means calm delight. That when everything else is raging around us, when everything else is happening around us, we don't fear. We have a sound mind. We have a quiet spirit so that we can hear what God has to say, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us for us to take the next step. Because the righteous steps are ordered by the Lord. So if I quiet myself and I calm myself, and I don't let my mind and my thoughts and my emotions rage, then what can any man do to me? What can anything that's out there do to me? Psalms 56 verses 9 through 11 has a similar song and a similar writing to the first psalm that we read. Verse 9 says, When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. Look at that. The moment I cry out to you, knowing that you're on my side, knowing that you're with me, it says, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. The assurance that the writer of this psalms has. This I know That when I cry out to you, my enemies will retreat, my enemies will leave, my enemies will no longer attack me. This I know because God is for me. Verse 10, in God I will praise his word. In the Lord I will praise his word. Verse 11, almost the same exact scripture. In God I have put my trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? God is with you today. God is for you today. God is on your side today. God is cheering you on. God is encouraging you. God is ready and willing to defeat your enemies. All you have to do is cry out to Him and have an assurance. What's that assurance look like? Faith is the assurance faith is the victory the scripture says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen all i can see right now are the enemies encamped around me all i can see is the negativity that's all around me but that's not what faith is faith is seeing past that and god being on your side and destroying the enemy now knowing emmanuel God is with us. We have to understand that there are different levels of God being with us. You see, God overall, in the grand scheme of things, stands with humanity. In Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, he goes and looks for them. And they say, we were naked, we were ashamed. He said, who told you that? We never had that conversation And then she says, well, the snake is the one. And the first person thing that God criticizes and condemns is the snake. He stands on the side of humanity, even at the beginning, and condemns the snake. Because there is sin and because there are consequences to sin, there is a curse placed upon mankind. But even in that curse, God says, don't worry. I've already made a way where there seems to be no way. I'm already moving My spirit, I'm already making a way for my victory to overcome death, hell, and the grave. So God being with us has always been pro-humanity. He sends his son to die for us. Now we know that there are evil people in the world. We know that there are bad things that are happening out there. And I want you to know that God is not on their side. But he is on their side enough to where if they call upon the name of the Lord, then they will be saved. There's different levels to how God is with us. Once you call upon the name of the Lord and you become saved, now you become a part of the family of God, and now there is another level that God is with you. Yes, God is with you at the beginning because it is his desire, it says, for all men to be saved in Acts chapter 4. That none should perish. But we understand that there are people that are dying and that are going to hell with their fists clenched at God. Not believing in Him and not believing in His Son and Savior. But once you believe in Him, you become grafted into the family. He's now a father protecting his child and is more willing to assist you in all things. Look at this verse in Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11. For both he, he is capitalized, so it's talking about Jesus, who sanctifies and those are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed, not ashamed, not embarrassed, not ashamed to call them Brethren, we all have the crazy aunt and uncle that posts too much on social media or says the wrong thing at the wrong time at Christmas dinner. We all have the weird family that we make excuses about and say we're sorry for, we don't want to be seen in public with. But this scripture says, those that are sanctified, well, we like those people. Those are the church people, and they wear their Sunday best, and and they show up, and they smile. But what gets weird is when those people that are getting sanctified showed up in church. Oh, we don't want to sit right next to them, but it says that God is not ashamed to call either one of them his brothers, which means if they're his brothers, then that means we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, which means there's another level to understand the closeness and the nearness of Emmanuel. God is with you today it's his heart and his desire that you are saved and once you become saved you are now his son you are now his daughter and he becomes your father and if you have children or you have pets then you will do whatever it takes to help to heal to restore and to save those children god is with us romans 8:31 and 32 We've heard this scripture before, if we've been in church at any point in time. What then shall we say to these things? For if God is for us, who can be against us? Look at verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Not some, not a few, not specifics, but for all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things. This scripture right here says if he gives you Jesus, he'll give you anything. If he's not going to withhold Emmanuel, God is with us from us, then he will not withhold anything else from you. What else do you need today from your father? Because he's with you, he's for you, he's not against you. Here says if he's going to give you Jesus, he'll give you anything. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 3. It says, but the Lord is faithful, and because He's faithful, He will establish you and guard you from the evil one. God is with you today, and with Him being with you, it comes with a benefit and a perk that He's going to establish you and guard you from the evil one. So when the evil one is attacking you, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when you see that happening in your life, in your finances, in your health, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your job, in whatever, when something is coming against you that is trying to kill, steal, or destroy you, then you know the evil one is coming against you. And you say, whoa, 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 whoa! wait a second. This is not supposed to come to me. I'm supposed to overcome it. Because greater is Him that is in me than anything that comes against me in the world. God is with me. God is for me. God is not against me. And it says that because He is faithful, He's going to establish me and guard me from the evil one. That Satan does not have the right to come and attack me anymore. doesn't have the right. And if he shows up in my life, if he shows up in my family, if he shows up in my church, then I have... The written word of God to come and show him to his face that you have no right, rhyme, or reason to be involved in my life anymore. Ephesians 6 says we put on the full armor of God to withstand the fiery darts that he tried. It says that he's walking around roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. Will this Bible and with Jesus in my heart, the Holy Spirit inside of me, I can come to him and say, no, no, no. You can seek whoever you want to devour, but you're not going to devour me. You're not going to devour my life anymore. You're not going to devour my family. You're not going to devour anything around me because God is for me. He's not against me. And He's going to guard me against you. Satan has no right to attack you in your life anymore. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. God is speaking to Joshua as they transition from Moses to Joshua to take over as the Leader of the Israelites, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Have I not commanded you? He's speaking to Joshua as a general in the army. He's telling him where to go and what to do and how to conquer. And he's speaking the same thing to us. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There is a pattern, there is a theme that every time Jesus or an angel or God showed up with people, the first thing he was always saying is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That we need to learn in our own lives that when something comes against us, our first instinct should not be fear. It should be faith. Here's one more benefit of being a part of the family. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18. I'm almost done. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18. This is Jesus speaking. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Remember in Isaiah, he's called the comforter. He's called the helper. He said, I'm going to give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Here we see right here the layers and the levels of God being with us. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. If someone is not saved, does not believe in Jesus, does not believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life, then Jesus is saying right here he cannot receive the Holy Spirit because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, amen, for he dwells with you, and look at this, and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. God sends Emmanuel down to earth to be with us, but then God takes it a step further and says it's not just good for God to be with you, but now it's important and imperative that God is in you. That he places his Holy Spirit inside of you, so that way everywhere you go, I don't have to go and find Jesus, the Holy Spirit, his same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells inside of me, so now everywhere I go, I am an agent of change. It says in the scriptures that I walk around and release the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus everywhere I go, that I can go out there and be a shining light. Because when he's with me, he's also inside of me. Then who can come against me? And the last thing, I want to read a passage in Revelations. We're not going to talk about end times. You can figure that out for yourself. The Bible says in Revelations chapter 1, verse 3, since I'm just turning past it, it says, Blessed is he who reads... And those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in them. Doesn't say I have to understand it. Just says in verse 1, verse 3, blessed are those who read it and those who hear the words. I'll let the other pastors write their books, be wrong, and make their money. Revelations chapter 5. And I saw. Starting in verse 1, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, talking about God, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel. So does that mean there's weak angels? Then I saw a strong angel, It's a thought, proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose the seals? Verse 3, and no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scrolls or to look at it. Verse 4, so I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to him, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed. That word prevailed means to subdue, to conquer, to overcome, and to get the victory. He has prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Verse 8. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation." And have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Verse 11. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne. And living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was ten thousands times ten thousand and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea. And all of them, I heard them saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb forever and ever. Finishing in verse 14, Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him, who lives forever and ever. When I worked in the prison there was a central hub that was called Central of the Prison, and it was in the very middle of the prison, and it was where uh, the lieutenant of the shift stayed. And there was these controls in the middle of Central that was up on a ledge, and you could see down every corridor. The corridor to the left was minimum security. The corridor down the middle was to where intake was where they brought the inmates in corner to the right was maximum security and the corner corridor behind us was medium security and when you stood on this position you could see down every hallway you had screens that were all around you where you could see inside and outside of the prison and as people were getting released from prison there was one button in that corridor in that jail that would open the door to allow people to leave that there was no if ands or buts that this person that was in the middle of central dealing with all of these buttons that was constantly when i would work there we would watch all of these cameras that were all around the facility We also had the ability that if there was a fight, if there was something that was going on, that we could manually override the doors down all of the corridors. That we could just open them immediately and help could get wherever it needed to go as quick as possible. That I want to encourage you and remind you today that God is with you. That this story that we see in Revelations, that there is a scroll, there is a set of, uh, you can read through all of that, seals that have to be undone, and no one was able to do it. But there is one. Emmanuel. God with us. There is one who can open these scrolls and these seals that nobody else in all of eternity, in all of history, can open. He is qualified to open those scrolls. Now my question to you, if that is who Jesus is, and that is who is with you today, then what do you think He can do with your sickness and your disease and your faults and your failures and your sins and anything that is causing you to stumble or fail? If He is the only one that can open these things, past, present, and future, in eternity, how simple is it for Him? To take care of your situation and to help you through whatever you're going through. That is Emmanuel. That is God with us who He sent down here in the flesh. To die on a cross. But not to stay in that cross. To be buried in a tomb. And not to stay buried in that tomb. But to rise again the third day. And not just to stay on this earth. But now to go back up into heaven alive and living and breathing And sit at the right hand of the Father to have a name that is above every other name. And the power and the authority that that man, the man Jesus Christ, the God-man, is seated at the right hand of the Father, is with you today. To help you in whatever situations you are going through. I want to encourage you today to call on Him. O come, O come, Emmanuel. God with us. God is with you today. Lean into Him and watch your situation change. Let's stand up today as we get ready to go. Father, we thank You. We thank You for sending Emmanuel. We thank You for the opportunity of You sending Your Son to this earth. And as he returned to heaven, you sent your Holy Spirit to not just be with us, but now inside of us. Father, you know the situations that each and every person is going through and that they need help in their lives. They need help in specific areas of their lives, and you know what those situations are. Father, I ask you to make yourself very evident and very real in this moment, in this time. That we take time throughout our days, throughout our weeks to recognize and not be full of fear, but be full of faith and know that you've already defeated the evil one, you've already taken him down, you've already made a mockery of him, you've already prepared a place to send him, that his time is limited, and although he's walking around looking for someone to devour, he's not going to devour me, he's not going to devour this congregation, he's not going to devour our family, he's not going to devour this church or this community, because we are the shining light, and we stand against it knowing that we have the victory, and the victory that we have is our faith. And the faith that we have is that God is good, and God does good things, and God will continue to do good things in our lives. So Father, encourage your people, strengthen your people, build up your people in their most holiest of faith today, Father. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be With each and every person here, I thank you that your word that went forth, it will not return void, but it will accomplish exactly what it's supposed to do. Father, I thank you that they are blessed. They are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. Father, I thank you that everything they put their hands to must prosper. Father, I thank you that by Jesus' stripes, them and their family and those watching online and those who aren't here today, they are healed in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. Father, I thank you that we are the salt and light of the earth. We are a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. We will share your gospel message with everyone we come in contact with. And Father, I ask you to bless your people. Be gracious to your people. And let your face shine upon them as you are with them. And bring them back safely today for the parade or next Sunday with their family to the Christmas service. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you later today at 3 o'clock if you want to stuff bags, if you want to come and join the parade at 4 o'clock, or we'll see you next Sunday at the Christmas service. God bless. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.